Today's episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling is brought to you by the NBA Store. A new year brings the start of a new NBA season. Suit up with the latest gear to show you support your team. We may be sidelined from going to the arena right now, but that doesn't mean you can't watch basketball from your couch in style. We are teaming up with the NBA and Podgo to bring our listeners up to 75% off of selected items. Yes, you heard that right, folks. Go to podgo.co slash NBA for up to 75% off select items from the NBA store. The NBA, where amazing happens. This episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling is sponsored by Blue Chew. Let's talk about something we could all use more of right now. That's right, sex. Great sex. Guys, now you can increase your performance and get extra confidence in the bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com is the place to go. That's right. Blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. If you could benefit from more confidence, right where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free. That's right. When you use the promo code EMPIRE, you pay just $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-2.com, the promo code EMPIRE, to try it for free. That's right, BlueChew.com. Use the promo code EMPIRE. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? on the line right now is a legendary referee, a Texas Hall of Famer, a Cauliflower Alley Club, Charlie Smith, referee award winner. Not only is a referee, but he's a producer. He's been in talent relations. He's been in creative. He does it all. Mr. James Beard. James, welcome to the two-man hey. power trip of rest. Hey, John. How you doing? Great to be with you. 
doing very, very good. So what's been going on with you? I know you keep very, very busy lately in the current wrestling landscape. Yeah, we've been extremely busy with uh, SWE Fury. Uh, we um, just taped a, a tape show this last last weekend in Irving, Texas, and then, uh, uh, you know, already busy trying to get ready for the next one it's on the 27th of February in Carthage, Texas. And, and uh, you know, it's it's been... It's been one thing after another, but it's been a, it's really been a, a, a great experience since we started uh, about 18 months ago, and, and all the uh, success we've had since then. And I'm I'm just really really proud of what we've accomplished. How did this thing get going? Because I feel like it was kind of out of nowhere, and boom, le- legendary guys coming in, stars galore. You're on TV. You're actually drawing pretty good crowds, and and even considering, even let's say the pandemic wasn't going on. Still would be pretty good crowds. Yeah, uh, and and we're you know we're doing it under some restrictions. You know, we we had uh, uh, we were we were we were actually turning people away last weekend. Uh, uh, we got to the whatever the limit was there at that building, and and uh, uh, we had to tell people they couldn't come in after that. So you know it was uh, <laughs> it, we're really proud people wanted to come. We we're sad we had to turn people away, but yeah, it, it's it's been a it's been a real um, a real experience for us. We. It, it, a lot of people think we came out of nowhere, but the truth is that Tom Lance, who is the, the main promoter of, of SWE, has had the company for over 30 years. Um, I've known him. Wow. No, I've known him that long back in the world class days, even, and worked for him back then. Um, he uh, he actually promoted wrestling shows and, and a lot of music events as well. But that's where the, the entertainment part of the SWE came came from. Um, so. Anyway, he he was kind of dormant for a while, and, and uh, some people came to him uh, a few several months ago, a little, little, little less than two years ago, and and had asked him if he would be willing to do a a uh, or promote a, a fundraiser for them at a, at a high school, and and he called me and asked me if I'd book it for him, and I did, and uh, it turned out really well. We had like I don't think seven or eight hundred people there for that thing, and um, which was pretty good for a, a fundraiser at a high school. And uh, he called me after it was over with. He said, you know, let's go do another one, and, and we'll tape and just see what happens. And so we did it, and uh, the tape got out there, and some streaming outlets got interested in us. And, and the next thing we know, we're getting calls from other ones and, and some broadcast uh, networks or stations. And, and uh, you know, now we're, we're rolling pretty, pretty good. It's been, been, a, been a great, uh, great experience. Yeah, I feel like you guys are, are consistent and been putting out some pretty good shows and always have good lineups. Has it been hard during the pandemic and COVID to get everybody there, you know, like with the travel restrictions and, like you said, even fan restrictions? Has it been rough? Has it been tough doing what you guys have been doing? Yeah, it has been. We, we, we had to, had to uh, go through, uh, jump through a lot of hoops. Uh, had to, we had to use a lot of uh, uh, local talent, for one thing, to, to – uh, keep from having to bring too many people in from from very far out, and still still doing that to some degree. Uh, and of course, we had to work around the restrictions that came came out when we first started. The, the COVID thing hadn't started, but uh, then when it, when it did, then we were kind of uh, committed to to present content or, or produce content, and and uh, and so we excuse me, uh, we um, 
we finally just, you know, we just decided, well, we're going to suck it up and, and see if we can sustain through all this stuff. And, and you know, we did the, we did the uh, almost empty arena type things a couple of times, and then, then you know, we did what we could do with with the, the places, depending on what kind of restrictions they had. And and uh, you know, we've used some, we used a lot of talent that, that yeah, it's been it's been a struggle. There's been there's a lot of sacrifices been made, you know, monetarily and time wise and everything else to get us to where we are but um we saw that it was it was worth it and we had a different kind of product that we were presenting and and uh we're getting a lot of good response from that and and we we felt like it you know this is our time to do that and 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 we wanted to continue to to make the best of it i love seeing like the names you see like jack stain or the yeah. Blood Hunter, which I, everybody should be very, very familiar with him by now. Um, Crimson, you got Mark Henry on the show. Obviously, Kevin Sullivan is always around. I mean, you guys, uh, Rodney Mack. I mean, you guys always bring in some good names and some good talent and very, very recognizable people. Yeah, uh, you know, we're, we're lucky that we had a, had a lot of those connections, and, and, and truthfully, a lot of the people that that you talk about, you know, the Teddy Long and, and Kevin Sullivan and. Mark Henry, they actually called us and wanted to come in. Uh, they, they want uh, Teddy and, and Kevin wanted to be a part of what we were doing because they liked what they saw and and they understood that we had a different philosophy and 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 they they bought into that because that's that's what they believed in and and uh, uh, you know of course now they're they're part of the company. You know, in fact, I was I spent all afternoon on the phone with both of those guys today, you know, going over our next, uh, next TV taping. And, and, uh, uh, it's been a joy to work with them. And, and of course the talent, you know, we've, we've, we've got a, we've got a lot of, we've got a rich, uh, array of talent here in, in this, this part of the country to, to choose from. But, uh, you know, we're also bringing some guys in from outside now and, and, uh, trying to expand the roster a little bit or, or at least uh, define the roster a little bit. But, you know, for the most part, we're, our, our, you know, our philosophy is, is, is pretty much old school wrestling. You know, we want to, we want to uh, get back to some of the traditional traits that most of us who, who loved this sport uh, fell in love with, you know, you know, when we first watched it and, and that's that's what we're trying to do, and that's what we're trying to present. And and uh, uh, you know we're still got some things to iron out and some things to get right, but uh, we're we're working on it. And I think that's I think that's something that, that there's a fan base for out there. Oh, big time! And I love that the Kevin Sullivans of the world and the Teddy Longs of the world are kind of coming after you. You know what I mean? Like that's that's something different and something kind of cool because usually here the other way around. You know. You guys are chasing. Oh, hey, you want to be on my show and stuff like that, and yep. they just they're they're jumping right in. Yeah, that, that, and they'll tell you that. I mean, uh, Teddy Teddy makes that point every time we we do a, a training camp at, at uh, every TV taping or before the tapings, and and we have anywhere from forty to fifty guys that'll show up for for training. You know, different levels of, of uh, experience, and and uh, uh, Teddy and and Kevin both. Uh, are there and with eyes on it, and, and they'll all get they'll get up and talk and tell talk to the guys, and and they they'll tell them right up front that that uh, you know they called us, we didn't call them, and they're they're there because of it, because they believed in what we were doing, and uh, uh, that's a that's a good feeling, and, and 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 you know you don't have to be around them very long to know that they're invested in that, they're they're passionate about what we're trying to do, and and uh, and I'm I'm loving working with them. We, we're you know we're three guys that have. Uh, different experiences in different uh in different areas of the country and and uh, uh 
we're, we all have kind of ba- the same basic philosophy and, and, uh, you know, we're, we're working very well together so far. I think it's, I think it's a, a kind of a match made in heaven. What are your roles there? I know, obviously, you know, you should do some booking, but what else do you do there? Well, I, I uh, you know, uh, Teddy is the on, on screen, uh, general manager, uh, but I'm I'm kind of the back in, in the in the in the uh, background doing the you know talking to the talent, booking the talent, and and of course uh, along with the, those two guys, we we write the TV and and uh, book the, the matches and that sort of thing. But uh, you know I'm I'm kind of a uh, I'm I'm kind of the uh, I'm I'm the guy that pulls the trigger, and I'm I'm, I'm you know and I'm happy to to have those guys as partners to work with. As far as kind of what's next for SWE, what do you think is is next besides just the big show on the twenty seventh? Like going forward, what what do you think is next for you guys? Well, of course, you know we're we're praying like everyone else that this this COVID thing begins to loosen up a little bit and, and allows us to expand a little bit more. And, and uh, we we've already getting calls from other parts of the country wanting us to come there, and we, and we may we may try to do a little bit more from outside of Texas in this te- Texas area. Uh, but but mainly, I think the, the the biggest thing for us is, is that we want to continue to improve the the product, uh, the production, the uh, the uh, uh, the quality of, of the uh, of the show itself. You know, we we we, uh, we want to continue to pre- present um, a wrestling product that fans can trust and, and believe in, and and know that that they're they're going to get the they're not going to have their, their their intelligence insulted when they watch it, you know, and, and it's going to be hard hitting. It's going to be a lot of uh, different styles, but at the same time, it's, it's all going to at least have some basis of, of the traditional traits that I think are important for the business. You know, we, we have rules and, and, uh, and uh, those rules are, are, are there for a reason. And, and uh, I believe that that's an important aspect that's been lost in our business. And, and uh, you know, we're, we're just trying to, we're trying to, we're trying to get back to some things and, and still be progressive at the same time, which is, you know, it's a trick, but, uh, but that's what we're, what we're trying to do. And of course you got the podcast going on too, right? With uh, Hannibal yeah. TV. Yeah, in fact, I just got through doing doing that. Hannibal was a little. He was. It was kind of funny tonight. I, I, we generally do it at eight o'clock Central Time, and uh, uh, he's in Canada, obviously. And, and uh, for some reason, he had, he didn't go back to Canada this time. He was in in Arizona, and he was uh, he was off on his time. <laughs> I got a I got a text. He said, "Where are you?" And I'm like, "Well, we don't start until eight <laughs> o'clock." And, and he said, "Oh no, I just, what time is it there?" And I told him it was like seven fifteen or something like that. So, so he was a little confused, but but we got through it. We got it taped, and then uh, uh, it's out there already. So, uh, yeah, it's it's been a joy to do that. He he does a he does a great job. He got a lot of followers, man. It's incredible, and uh, uh, he's been a a real help for us uh, in SWE because he, he's I like Teddy and 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 Kevin. He believes in what we're doing, and and uh, he he wants to he wants to make us grow, and that's what we're trying to do. He, he's a great partner to have. Absolutely. And he probably doesn't realize that Arizona doesn't uh, adhere to the um, daylight savings. 
He's probably a, an hour <laughs> off there. Oh yeah, he, he was he was exactly an hour <laughs> off. He was he was totally confused, but yeah, it was funny. But but uh, but we got it in anyway. We, we actually had a guest scheduled, and and the guest had already, he had already called the guest and had him on there, look, waiting for me to come. And of course, I was waiting another hour. And so I, it was our the guy he had on there was our, our our developer of an app that we we have out now and and that's something we're really proud of. It's a, another uh, another one of those uh, steps into the 21st century, I guess. You know, for for us, a lot of us guys who are, are ignorant of, of all the technology, but the thing for us it. it it allows us to uh, interact with fans and, and show some videos and, and show and, and uh, you know a lot of data and a lot of information and news and things and it's just amazing what all they can do on that app and I'm, I'm in fact we at some point we'll probably even even do uh, uh, pay-per-views and and uh, and have our, our our regular show content on there so it's a it's a it's a work in progress right now but uh, i was looking forward to having being on the show with that guy and then and now I'm, i told i told animal i'm just as ignorant now as i was when i started so hmm. i guess i'll have to get with him some other time and learn something yes for sure and i think hannibal's probably visiting his buddy superstar billy graham out there in arizona uh, i think that's what he's doing yeah yeah yep. yeah as far as kind of you and and your career, I mean, legendary career started back basically the mid eighties. How did you kind of break into the business, and did you break in under Bruiser Brody? Uh, well, not so much under him, but but, but because of him, yeah. Um, I was in the music business, uh, playing music around the Dallas area a lot, and uh, for, that was our home base anyway. And I got to know a lot of the guys. Uh, that come to where we were playing and that kind of thing, and then uh, eventually that you know you talk to guys and they they figure out that you've got a clue. And uh, I, I've been watching wrestling all my life, you know, so I, and I was always interested in it, not just not just as a fan, but just really interested in the the way it worked, you know. And 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 uh, I, I had uh, I, you know I had a had a pretty good idea of how things were, and then. And, uh, you know, they, they finally, they kind of goaded me into doing it really. Um, uh, and, and I, they thought, you know, you'd be really good as a referee, you know, I had an athletic background anyway. And, um, and so I kind of stuck my toe in the water and, and the next thing I knew I was, you know, I was, I was all the way in <laughs> and, uh, um, and it just kind of grew from there. I got, I was very fortunate, you know, I got to work at the sportatorium and, and, uh, and then I, I got the deal in Japan early on. And, and, uh, it just, it just, just one of those things that I guess were meant to be, you know, I, I, it fit me very well. Now, what was it like at that time in the sportatorium? Cause you know, you always hear stories of how crazy and rabid those fans, some of the best fans of all time is what so many people say. So what was it like back then world-class at the sportatorium? Yeah, it was like that. It was, there, there were, there were, there were some very uh, avid fans that, that got a little, uh, a little crazy, a little out of hand sometimes. Uh, you know, the, 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 the same guys sit in the same seats every, every week and, and you, you could count on it, you know, and then you knew who was going to be vocal and who they were going to yell for and who they were going to hate and who they're going to love. And, and, uh, yeah, they were very passionate and, and I loved it. You know, it was a great, it was a great atmosphere to be involved in. Uh, uh the sportatorium itself was a great atmosphere to be involved in. It, uh, that building was just, uh, it was horrible. I mean, it was just a horrible old tin building. 
but uh, it was uh, it was an atmosphere that that uh, like none other I'd ever ever experienced in in, uh, in music or or wrestling and, and and like nothing I'd ever been in. Period. You know, I I I, uh, I worked in Japan. You know, Corkin Hall and the, the, the Tokyo Dome and all and some big big events over there and some big big events and some big buildings here in the States and uh, there's still nothing like this sportatorium and that atmosphere was special. Yeah, you always uh, you know, hear those great stories. What was it like working under Fritz and, and the Von Erich boys and, and the craze that kind of uh, surrounded them? Well, you know, Fritz, uh, even though he was the, he was the boss, he, he, he really didn't, uh, he really didn't interfere that much. I mean, uh, uh, you know, he had bookers, you know, guys like Gary Hart or, or Ken Mantell, or, you know, the, the, those guys, you know, and the, the, some other guys booked at various times. But um, uh, Gary was a good friend of mine. Very, I learned a lot from Gary Hart. And, uh, um, you know, he and Fritz had one of those love-hate relationships. But, uh, you know, Fritz was a, uh, he was a gruff guy. You know, he was, he was a lot like uh, the persona you saw, you know, but, but, uh he was also a very smart businessman, and uh, and you know the the boys were uh, the boys were the boys. They were incredibly talented. They were they were very well trained. A lot of people think you know that, that they threw them in there too early and all this kind of stuff just because they were Fritz's boys. But man, they they went through the training like nobody else at the time. You know they they went up to uh, Stu Hart's dungeon for a while. They they were trained by uh, Kendo Nagasaki. Uh, 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 they brought in people that they really made it rough on them, and uh, and they were you know they they were very dedicated to the wrestling business and and the and the the skill set that they learned, uh, you know was was highly earned. And you know they were they were talented guys. Uh, they they were different, all of them. You know and uh, you know I, I liked them. But they were good guys to to know and good friends. Uh, Kevin's still a good friend, uh, but. But uh, you know they were different personalities, and, and they had their excesses that, that caused some problems. There's no question about that. There's no secret about that. But uh, but man, you know when when everything was right, uh, it was probably the most incredible thing that uh, wrestling had ever seen. You know, it was it was uh, I kind of compare it to Camelot. You know, it's one of those things that that kind of rose up out of nowhere and, and was perfect and and. Uh, because of human failure, it, it sort of drifted away, and, and uh, that, that's that's the way it was for me. You know, it, it, it was it was just a, it was a beautiful thing to see for a while. Yeah, and then obviously all the, the tragedy that kind of struck, and it feels like world class was like one thing after another, and they yeah. almost couldn't couldn't last. You know what I mean? It was just one thing after another. It was terrible, terrible stuff going on down there. Yeah, it was. It, it uh, you know, some of the, the, the some of the uh, tragedies, the deaths that that uh, that came about, especially you know David uh, early on. I think in '83 it was, and, and uh, uh, he was he was a he was the leader of the of the Monterey Boys. He was he was the guy that held it together, and 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 after he died, things kind of kind of became loosey for for the for Kevin and and Carrie especially. And um, and they lost a little focus, and and I think that I think that uh, that hurt the business for one thing, and then and then of course Kerry had that accident on the motorcycle, and that hurt the business. Uh, Kevin lost interest for a while, and, and uh, um, 
Mike, uh, that was another tragic situation. And, of course, Chris, the, young, the younger one. Uh, and just, you know, it's one thing after another. And then Gino and, and Bruiser and, and, oh, my gosh, you know, it's, when I think about it now, it just it's, it's hard to believe that that many bad things could have happened to one place. And, and, uh, and all those guys were friends, and I, and, and I still think about them and miss them and, and uh uh, it's sad that, that it happened the way it did because I think that was a promotion that probably could have sustained uh, a, a lot longer, if, if uh, especially if David didn't live. Man, yeah, it's crazy to think of all those tragedies and all those deaths and think like, man, if uh, none of that happened, he kept all those guys together. You know, imagine what could have been and you know how big they would have gotten. And Fritz working on TV deals and things like that, you, you, know, you never quite know what, what could have been. Oh yeah, yeah. There were there were opportunities there to have expanded to a, a, a much larger audience and, and uh, probably competed with anybody in any in, in any place at, at at one time. But uh, because of those situations and and, and you know and, and, and Fritz was an uh, uh, old school guy. He didn't want to go out and, and uh, go against his fellow uh, promoters, from, especially from the old NWA territories and 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 that was a hesitation that, that uh, he, he had when he had a couple of opportunities to do that and and then then of course all the tragedies and everything and that that took away a lot of the incentive to do do some of the things that could have been done but uh it, it's sad you know it's really sad if you think about what could have been and what might have been if, if things had been different and you know, it may have been a completely different wrestling world these days. You don't know. But, um, uh, you know, I, 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 I believe in my heart that it would have been. As far as Gary Hart, what was he like? I mean, he's one of those kind of figures that I think he had almost lost in the shuffle for some reason, kind of underrated. But if you the you know, smart fans of the fans that really know, great mind for the business, great booker, great manager. What about Gary? Um like I said, he was a mentor of mine. He was a, a guy that I learned a tremendous amount from. Uh, he was a great friend. Um, uh, he he was uh, one of the most brilliant minds in the business. You know, he, he kind of like a Pat Patterson and those, those kind of that level of, of uh, intelligence when it comes to putting wrestling together. And uh, he was he was a master at it. He just he just understood what the fans needed to see to get them involved and invested in what, what was going on. And, and, uh, he, he knew how to do that process so well. And, and, uh, uh, that, that's, that's a guy still, well, you know, if, if you, if you see most of some of the things I do or, or influence then then all of that, uh, a lot of that comes from Gary Hart. Uh, he, he is that, that much of an influence on myself. And, uh, uh, he was a great friend. I, another guy I miss a lot. Yeah. And, uh, if he can find it, his book is, is worth a ton of money. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's one of those rare finds. It's one of those things that I think a lot of fans kind of want to get their hands on, but may not be able to afford it. Yeah. I helped a little bit with that book and got, uh, actually Gary, Gary died before it ever got out. And uh, I got a, I got a letter from the, the, the guy that actually wrote it and uh, uh, with Gary and, uh, you know, thanking for for the, the help and that kind of thing and, and some other personal personal comments in there, you know, that, that Gary had passed along and then that, that meant a lot to me. So, uh, you know, that, that was an incredible book and, and uh, I, you know, it's sad that Gary didn't get to see all the 
all the success of it, really. Now, as you're kind of going along and world class is coming to a close or world class is ending, where do you end up next? Is that where you head on to USWA or like what's the next move for you and the next step for you in your career after world class? Yeah, I was, you know, I got very fortunate back at Rome along that time and, and uh, got the chance to go to Japan and, and ended up with a regular deal over there. And, 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 it, and what happened was, uh, Jerry Jarrett bought into the promotion in, in Dallas. He was actually, they were, he and Fritz were actually partners. I, I don't understand the whole structure of the, of the agreement, but I do know that they were partners. And and uh, USWA came in for a while. And I, I did work for them uh, in the sport of touring while they were there. Well, I, when I was there, I was gone to, I was gone to Japan a lot. But uh, um, they were there for a short period of time. There were some uh, uh, disagreement about, uh, certain things, the way things were were ran, or, or money situations. I don't know exactly what all the all the issues were, but uh, there was a, a suit filed, and, and uh, Kevin came back and, and took over again. And he tried to rerun uh, a run world class again for a little while. I, I worked for him there, and uh, it didn't really have TV. You know, I think the, the TV was gone by then, and. and uh, um, and that didn't last very long, and, and it was kind of dormant for a, I don't know a couple of months. And I, I got a call from Skandar Akbar, and he said we've got a group coming in from uh, uh, Georgia, Joe uh, Petticino, and and they're going to start up a new group in in, in Sportatorium called Global. And uh, uh, he said he, he said they want you to work for them. And I said, well, you know, you understand, I'm not there a lot because I'm gone. You know, sometimes I'd be gone six or eight weeks at a time. And uh, he said, they, they still want you there. And I said, okay. So I'm, I'm, uh, I was, I was at the sportatorium every week I was home, uh, until it closed really, uh, or at least until TV was not done there anymore. And, and, uh, uh, so, uh, you know, that was, that was always my home base, even though I, I worked in other places, you know, I worked in Louisiana and Mississippi and wherever, you know, I worked in WA some and, and, uh, uh but, uh, uh that was my home base, uh, and, and, and no matter where I was at, and, and I worked there until uh, there was one little promotion that came in right after Global uh, quit doing TV, and they did TV there for a while, and I, I was there then too. So that was the last TV that I know of that was done. And um, uh, you know, then then we left, and and everything just kind of fell apart there. I think uh, Gary tried to run a little bit for a little while with it. A young young group, and uh, there was a, a Hispanic group came in for a little while. But after that, then uh, nobody worked at the sportatorium anymore. And uh, but my my career was, you know, always based there. Uh, I spent a lot of a lot of time going back and forth to Japan, uh, and, and of course I worked uh, worked out uh, when I'd come home. A lot of times, uh, Akbar was. He he had me booked, you know, three or four nights a week somewhere, you know, Louisiana or Mississippi or somewhere, and then we jump in the car and take off, and that was my life, you know. <laughs> it was it was it was a, it was a go go go. And what was Skandar Akbar like? I feel like more people should be talking about him. Great manager, obviously, and almost one of those guys behind the scenes that I don't think people are aware of. You know, played a, a pivotal role in a lot of guys' careers. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that was one of those guys like Bronco Lubitsch at the Sportatorium for years and years and years. Uh, uh, that was kind of, I guess, the the, the senior uh, uh, guy that 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 they would go to. You know, if 
that if you know if somebody had a question about it, do you think this is okay to do or if this this will work and and you know they were kind of the, the ones that you go to to make sure that you're doing the right track all the time and and uh, yeah ac was ac was very very involved in in the, that side of things as well as as of course being being the great manager that it was and and a lot of people don't under, don't really remember but he was a, he was an incredible wrestler himself i mean just uh yeah, he drew a lot of money and and a lot of territories, you know, uh, uh, for uh, Leroy McGurk and and uh, and he, and uh, over in the in the I guess in the, in the uh, Atlantic area and then up in New York and he was uh, you know he was he was in line to go against Bruno Sammartino one time and and that was right when uh, 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 San Martino broke his neck or had his neck broken and and uh, uh, and that kind of that kind of Watch that deal, but uh, but Ack was Ack was a very successful wrestler. Um, <laughs> excuse me, I, I remember I was at, at the ver- the very first cauliflower alley I ever went to was in New Jersey, and uh, uh, the, the second morning I was there, I was I was sitting there eating breakfast. That, that this is incredible uh, at the table with Red Bastine, Gorilla Monsoon, and, and Lou Fez. And we were all talking, and Axe's name came up, and Lou just went on and on and on about him. And uh, you know that that uh, <laughs> that told me just how much respect Axe had as, as a as a wrestler. And and uh, of course, his manager uh, career speaks for itself. Today's episode of the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling is sponsored by Lucy. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. It's 2021. Get rid of the cigarettes, unplug the vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy Nicotine gum or lozenges. Folks, this is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your house each month. So it is simple, and you don't have to leave the house because Lucy has delivery down. Two-man power trip of wrestling listeners. Go to lucy.co and use promo code POWERTRIP to get 20% off all products, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co and use promo code POWERTRIP at checkout. Also, I have to give you this disclaimer. Warning! This product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. So go to lucy.co and make sure to use that promo code POWERTRIP like my brother-in-law does. He really, really has switched from cigarettes to Lucy. So it is just an unbelievable thing for me to promote this stuff to you. One more time, lucy.co. Make sure to use the promo code Power trip. That is pretty damn uh, amazing. Pretty high praise, to say the least. Yeah, high praise. Now you said you worked for Japan. What promotion in Japan? Was it SWS? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, you know, Nagasaki was involved in that, uh, and I, I had gotten to know him here and. Uh, Jinchiro Tenyu was the was the top guy in that company, and uh, he uh, Sakurada was. We were we were actually at a Gary Hart uh, 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 taping. He would Gary was taping a, uh, uh, his own TV show, the opposite of, of uh, World Class at the time, and I was there and just standing back, watching matches, and, and uh, 
Kendo was standing there next to me, and I'd gotten to know him over over time and, and worked with him a few times. And he was one of those guys that you know if you really liked you or not. He didn't say much. And uh, he just looked at me one night. I was standing there with him. He says, uh, uh, you have passport? <laughs> and I said, well, yeah. He said, uh, you go to Japan. And I went, okay. <laughs> And and it, you know, I was I was thinking when I went and, I, and that's, that was the plan really it was like a, a two night event in Yokohama and uh, and uh, I, you know I thought well this is one one chance in a million to do this and and uh, uh, so I went over there and uh, there was the two nights were like the grand opening of this big company and and it was just amazing the. the the promotion, the production that they had, and all this stuff to open this thing up, and and it was being televised everywhere, and and um, uh, you know I, I I went and the first night everything went pretty well, and the second night everything went well, and and uh, the the office manager comes in and and, and asks me to go to the production room, and. Uh, he said, uh, uh, "Mr. Tanaka wants to talk to you." And I'm talking, "Oh, what I do? I thought I might have messed up something or something." And walked in there, and and uh, he shook my hand, and there was a a water a water yen in his hand, and, and he said, "Vicky uh, Bond." And uh, I, I I didn't know what he was talking about at the time, but uh, you know, after after the after that that night, I was getting paid. And, uh, Kabuki was actually the booker for that company, and. Uh, he, he said, okay, you come back next month. I was like, what? <laughs> and uh, from there on, it was like, you know, I was I was in Japan off and on for, you know, the next several years. And uh, it turned into a record geek for me. And uh, I was uh, just extremely fortunate to have that opportunity. To me, it's like, do they have a lot of American and, you know, English-speaking referees in Japan? It seems pretty None. rare. None. No, I'm the, as far as I know, I'm the only only uh, American or foreign referee that's ever actually been hired by a, a Japanese company. I mean, there, there's been other referees that's gone over there and worked. Um, obviously, you know, they go and do tours or, or do special events and that kind of thing. But as far as I know, I'm the only one that's ever ever actually worked for Japanese companies over there. And, uh, and it was, it was interesting, you know, that the, the, the first time when I went back that next month after that first time, uh, it was just me and the Japanese guys. And, um, uh, it was, you know, it was, it was, you know, kind of strange, you know, being the only guy there that, that, uh, it wasn't Japanese and, and, uh, uh, and, and I did, a, I think, two weeks with those guys, and, and uh, then they took me to the uh, training center, and, and they asked me to sit down and write down every wrestling term I could think of, holes, moves, ring parts, everything, you name it. And I sat down and did that for a couple of days, and I was amazed at how much stuff I could come up with, and uh, they ended up making like a little book out of it. And and they used that to help train some of the guys, and and uh, uh, you know, and, and I got to that's where I started training guys also because I that I would get in the ring and I'd show them I'd say this this is this, and then I'm talking about the really young guys, and uh, you know, and, and instead of just trying to tell them, I got to where I was showing them, and, and then it just led from one thing to another, and and from that I ended up ended up training a lot of a lot of guys from that, and I worked in the training centers over there for. The whole time I was there, pretty much, and uh, uh, and then of course I did some of that over here too. But 
it uh, you know it, it's a uh, most of most wrestling terms are actually in English. Uh, it's uh, they didn't have words for them in Jap- Japanese, so a lot of the a lot of the things were were English anyway. So that's how they learned them. As far as the WWF connection, is that how you kind of started working for WWF? It was it through yeah. uh, SWS in Japan. Yeah, they they made an agreement with uh, with Vince at some point. Before I first went over there and started working for them, it, it, they were they were bringing over in, uh, wrestlers from all over. I mean, different guys, you know, uh, uh, that that weren't affiliated with WWE or ALF at the time, really. And uh, at some point, they made an agreement with uh, with Vince, and they started sending regular regular uh, uh, top guys over there on tours. And uh, so we would have uh, anywhere from three or four to six or eight or ten WWF guys on on every tour after that. And so I, that's where I started working with them, and I got how I got to know a lot of those guys that that, uh, that worked for, for for WWF at the time, and and uh, and uh, you know that led to some sporadic uh, uh, experiences with them over the years, but. Uh, um, yeah, that that was a, that was a, that was a, a interesting interesting time. It actually actually kind of contributed to that company splitting up because some of the some of the more traditional Japanese guys weren't really crazy about the the uh, agreement with Vince. Uh, they thought it took away from the original uh, intent of the company, which was supposed to be strong style wrestling, and uh, and they thought that that that, that kind of that was bad press. It took away from it for or some of them, and and eventually the, the company split. Uh, Sakurada was actually actually took off and and, uh, and was funded by the owner of the, that company to start another company. And I and and of course, being uh, loyal to him, I went with him. So uh, you know I, that was that was another experience, and, and and which was good for me because I ended up in that in that situation. I ended up getting a whole lot more stroke as far as booking and and. Uh, um, uh, the the inner inner workings of the creative side of things over there. So I, that that was a that was a great thing for me. It it kind of started with SWS, but it, it when, when Sakurada took a, took his own company over, I, I I was given a lot more leeway in doing that, and that that uh, that really helped my uh, status, I guess, and and uh, and and my situation as far as uh, booking and that sort of thing goes. Was that the now promotion in Japan? Yes. 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 Yeah. Seems like that promotion is almost like forgotten, but they always had like you know Cowboy Bob Orton Jr. would come in and mm-hmm. and guys like that. Were you responsible for bringing in some of those like legendary gaijins that would pop up? Yeah. In there? Yeah. I, I, I booked just about all the gaijin. Yeah. Um, uh, that's where you know uh, my friend. I brought a lot of guys from 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 Texas over there. You know, uh, uh, John Layfield, Gabriel, uh, Bobby Duncan, uh, Booker T. Uh, you know, and then and, and some other guys that I had known before, you know, Buddy Landell, and, and uh, uh, oh goodness, I can't even remember everybody. But yeah, I was, I was, I was, uh, I was the, the liaison, I guess, between the the, the states and 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 uh, the office. So yeah, that 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 was another another aspect that that uh, that kind of helped further my career. Really, it gave me gave me a little bit different uh, perspective of things. Alex the Pug Porto, can't forget about him. You probably yeah, helped absolutely. bring him over there. Yeah. I certainly did. Yes, yes. 
Recently yeah. just talked to him, so that was like fresh on my mind uh, that I remember that. I was like, how the hell did he get over there? Obviously, you, you know, helped him get over there with, with <laughs> yeah. Bradshaw. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we uh, you know, we, uh, of course, I, I was uh, working in, in Dallas with all those guys, a lot of those guys anyway, you know, in Global. And, uh, you know, uh, Bill Irwin and, 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 and all those guys, you know. And, and uh, so I, I, there were a lot of guys that I didn't think would fit over there very well, but and I, I couldn't bring them even though I liked them, you know. But uh, the ones I thought would, would work, I, you know, I, I tried to give them an opportunity over there, and some of them did very well. The thing with Global is I feel like me, maybe it's my age group, uh, being in my late 30s and a bunch of my friends, kind of have that same experience. You get home from school and Global was on ESPN, you know, on, yeah. on TV. So you're doing your homework, you're watching ESPN, you're watching Global. I feel like that's how so many of me and, and my buddies, we were, like, exposed to Global in, in that yeah. way. Yeah, I hear you, you would not believe how many times I've heard that over the years from, from people from all over the world, really. That uh, you know that they would come home from school and turn on TV and watch Global in the afternoon after school and and uh, you know I I didn't really I didn't really I don't think realize what a what an incredible thing that was until I was I remember I was I was over in Japan and uh, I met up with uh, Barry Darsaw and and uh, well, I don't remember now a couple a couple other guys from WWF that that came over for that tour and I, I happened to meet up with him at the at the airport and very very had just left England he'd been over in Europe and he said man you know I was watching you on TV yesterday in London and I was like what <laughs> you know and I'm, I'm like you know it, it was just crazy you know so we're getting that ESPN signal somewhere over there and and, uh, uh, and so I realized then that you know this this TV thing is something is a pretty big deal. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, I've heard that from so 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 many people over the years that that uh, they watch Global in the afternoons. Uh, I wish uh, I wish it hadn't been so sanitized. Of course, I understand why ESPN did that, but uh, they edited it to a point to where it was <laughs> it was there were a lot of things that they didn't show that, that probably would have enhanced it a little bit. But uh, it was it was it was a great great. Uh, uh, exposure for us. That's exactly what Rugged Rod Price said when I talked to him. He said that he almost wished ESPN didn't have it because they edited it so much, you missed some of the stuff, like you know the blood and and some of the like the violence and stuff. They so you saw like exactly what you said. They almost sanitized it too much. Yeah, if you, if you watch it, you can tell where they edited. You know, it, it would it was it was pretty obvious. It wasn't wasn't exactly uh, subtle. Uh, and that was actually one of the things that led to uh, Eddie Gilbert leaving. He they got aggravated with him, and uh, they caused some points of contention between him and the and the uh, uh, who were responsible for all that. And and, uh, and, he, and and eventually it led to him just just throwing his hands up and leaving. But uh, yeah, that was it was a uh, it was kind of a. a, a watered down version of what we were actually doing but it it, it obviously made a made an impression because so many people like yourself mm -hmm. uh you know watched it and and were influenced by it in some way so much good talent marcus alexander bagwell was there mm -hmm. uh, del wilkes the patriot mm -hmm. doug gilbert you mentioned eddie but doug gilbert the dark patriot he was there the ebony experience who were the harlem he i mean so much rod price like i just said alex the plug for it i mean so much good talent john tatum i mean geez there's so much good talent that kind of came out of global 
I was I was actually looking at, at a list of the global talent. I can't remember why, and I was looking for somebody's name, I think, that I had forgotten. And uh, I pulled that up on, I think, it was Wikipedia or something like that, and I started going down the list of the people, the, 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 the guys that competed in global. And it's absolutely incredible if you think about it. You know, uh, Cactus Jack, uh, Mick Foley, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, Terry Gordy and, and Dr. Death and and uh, just oh man it just it's just unending it's unbelievable all the guys that came through there and and then then later on the guys that came up with us uh, you know even after Petticino, uh left and, and and Ray Pearson took over and it became more of a regional te- Texas promotion um, uh, the guys that came up through there you know like like Booker T and, and Stevie Ray and and uh, Bobby Duncombe and John Layfield and and so many guys that got their opportunities there for the first time. It was uh, uh, man, it, it's, it's it's mind-boggling to see the the list of names. And it's so great. And you had a little bit of a brief feud there as well with Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> I can't believe you believe you remember that. Yeah, we we. <laughs> it wasn't exactly a classic, but it was fun. Uh, <laughs> that was a, that was a. Excuse me. That was an Eddie Gilbert idea. Um, he he came to me and he said, "Look, I want you to I want you to quit refereeing for a while. I want you to, I, we got this idea, blah blah blah, you know." And, and uh, it started with me pulling Bruce's pants down. Actually, during a uh, a battle royal, uh, he was he was a, a managing Dark Patriot and somebody I can't remember now. I think Mike Davis, maybe somebody else, and. And uh, he jumped up on the apron, and I reached up to get him down, and I pulled him down. And, of course, he had those thongs on underneath that, which was a horrible sight. And, uh, <laughs> he, he, you know, because I, I, the, the finisher came, and then I walked off laughing at him, and then all his guys jumped me, and he got on me, and that's what started it. And we had boxing matches, and we had, uh, I don't remember what all we had, uh, some Tags and some six men, and you know, me and Eddie and and, and Terry Garvin and uh, uh, Terry Sims, what what he was calling himself at the time, and uh, I guess the Dark Patriot, Mike, and, and uh, I don't remember now who all, but yeah, I mean, you know, our match, our matches weren't uh, they 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 certainly weren't going to go down as classics, but but it was a diversion for a little while, and and, and uh, uh, gave us something different to do and 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 it was fun you know and and, and bruce was great you know he was always great and uh, uh i had i had fun doing it and, and uh you know and then of course i eventually went back to refereeing again after it was all over with but it was it was, it was a fun experience i feel like a lot of people may be not aware of how important the referee is and the, the role how would you say, like you know, like rating it, like a referee, the importance to a match? I feel like the maybe not the hardcore fans might not understand, like oh, he's he's just in there, but you really like your book says you really are the third man in. Well, if if you're talking about traditional wrestling, where um, where the wrestlers worked more than performed, if mm-hmm. you know what I mean, mm-hmm. uh, they were just below the two the competitors in, in importance uh just uh, uh they were they were the supporting uh character in the in the match that that uh enhanced the match that made the match uh that kind of narrated the match as it went if you do your job right uh that that's the that's the first thing uh 
these days they're basically just kind of window dressing. You know, they they're just mainly don't get in the way and, and uh, uh, make the count when the count's supposed to be made. But they're, 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 there's there's so few places that have any rules that are, are, are that mean anything or that that are consistent that uh, the referee hardly has any meaning at all anymore. Uh, but but it, there was a time when when the, you know the, the great the good wrestlers would tell you that it takes three or it takes you know the the, the cooperation with the referee a good heel who could work with a referee or work around a referee was with a guy who was going to get heat I mean real heat not just cheap heat uh, because because he was working with a guy who appeared to be trying to uh, uh, enforce the rules. And and the and the rep, and the wrestler was getting around those rules somehow without burying the referee, and that's that was the key to it. Um, I used to get kidded all the time by the guys that I would make them work hard to get their heat, but that was true. I did make them work for it because I I, I would always give them the opportunities, but I didn't just look stupid doing it, and I refused to look stupid doing it. And, uh, and and that enhanced those matches. And if I could make a match a little bit better, and I didn't have any business being in there, so uh, uh, the referee is very, very, very important in in that situation. Today, um, you know, they abuse them. You know, they they don't they don't give them much respect. Uh, they they just kind of ignore them, other than when they need them for something in particular. But uh, it's, it's sad to me. You know, I, I I wrote a chapter in my book about my uh, my views as far as what I think a referee should be, the re- the role should be, and how it should be performed. But uh, it, it's also very difficult for guys these days to do that without the support and the, and the, uh, the cooperation with the management and with the other wrestler with the wrestlers. And, and I don't see that a lot. It's sad, really. I don't know if you watch AEW at all, but man. They are like the worst at making the refs just look completely inept. Like it is, it, it, it's like almost like scary. It's like, oh my god, they just every time. And maybe the refs need some more experience, or maybe need to step up and say something. But oof, I've never seen it as egregious as, as them. I know WB has its problems too, but no, nowhere near as bad as AEW with with the refs. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I I don't watch a lot of of uh, AEW or WWE for that matter. Uh, Partially because of, of, of things like that, because I, I, it just, you know, to me, wrestling wrestling should uh, should make you care, should make you uh, become invested in what's going on, and uh, and, and you should you should want you, you should feel something instead of just instead of just react to something, and and a lot of the goal these days for for much of the wrestling I see is just to get a reaction. And that really that really bothers me because it's contrary to uh, to what I believe is important, you know, and and and, and what really makes the business and, and the and the product uh, intriguing and interesting. Uh, you know, my my friend uh, Jimmy Corderas, who was a, a WWE ref, referee for years and years, uh, I, I I follow him on Facebook, and I, and I know he he watches AEW and. And he's he's always saying the exact same thing you're saying right now that how they bury the referee and misuse the referees and and uh, I know it makes him sick you know and, and and anybody who's done this at a really high professional level 
understands what he's talking about. It, it's 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 just not the way things should be, and, and and it's a shame really that they ignore that aspect of the business and the product because it could be so much better if they if they would make it something that that people care about instead of just react to. Totally, uh, totally agree. And as far as kind of you know, in your career as a referee, who's like some of the, your favorite guys to work with in there, like guys you just gelled with, whether it be a heel or a face? Well, you know, I I, I was always one of those guys, even even when I had the, the authority, and I did for most of my career to, to a, uh, pretty much referee any matches I wanted to. Um, uh, and so I would assign the referees. And a lot of times I would assign myself to matches that weren't main events unless I was really needed in it. Because I had I had a, a, a I wanted to work with certain people, and and those those guys were the guys who were always very technically oriented, who, who understood how to uh, create those feelings of that psychology, you know, and and knew how to work with me, and and you know the the, the real technicians of the business, you know, like the grappler and and. Uh, uh, you know Johnny Mantell, who was a, a, an underneath guy in Dallas, but he was he was just a, he was a guy that everybody had to go through to get somewhere. Uh, you know, guys like that were the guys that I enjoyed working with. You know, uh, there were a lot of guys in Japan like that, and, and you know they, they were just so technically uh, strong, and, and they understood that everything they did meant something, and and they allowed me to be part of the match because I could enhance what they're doing and, and, and they understood how to work with me. That, that, those were the guys that I enjoyed working with. Uh, they may not have always been the biggest stars, but they were always the, 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 the most fun for me to be in the ring with. What's kind of like, if you could remember, or maybe even a couple, like the favorite match you were ever the, a part of, the favorite match you were the third man on? Yeah, it, it, that's that's really a hard thing. I get that. I've been asked that a lot of times, and and you know when you when you're talking about uh, uh, thirty six, seven years of, of, of refereeing and and uh, thousands, literally thousands of matches all over the world, uh, it's hard to come up with one or two. You know, I, I, I for some reason I, I, I think about uh, a lot of matches in Japan that I, that I had that were that were that were fun. I, I remember. Uh, a tag match that uh, with uh, Akio Sano and and uh, Jeff Jarrett against the uh, rock, Rockers, uh, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. That was a that was an incredible match. That was in Japan. Uh, you know, there was there was a, a match between Kendo Nagasaki and Kabuki one night that that was a big deal over there. Uh, because of the the history they had here in the states and the the styles they had, and, and you know I was covered in red and red and green when it was over with, but it was such a fun thing to be involved with. Uh, uh, you know, I I, I remember a, a a brawl one time at the Sportatorium between the Youngbloods, uh, Mark and, and Chris Youngblood, and, and Black Bart and JBL or, or maybe John Hawk at the time, and they went all over the building as one of those falls count anywhere, and it was just that was a crazy match. And uh, and one of the best matches I've ever been in is a match between a guy named Steve Anthony, who's a, a Louisiana guy, against AJ Styles, which was just absolutely incredible. Uh, I, I just I just like the work, you know. If, if the work, if, if if the story gets over, if the if the pe- people understand what we're trying to say. 
you know, and you walk out of that ring knowing you, you really accomplished that, then, then that's a great feeling. And, and I've had that great feeling many times in this business, and I'm, I'm, very, I'm very proud of that. When you look back at, at your career, and like referee, creative, talent, the booking, I mean, everything combined, what do you think is kind of the, the lasting legacy of your whole wrestling career? Oh, ooh, wow. I'm, I'm sure that, that, that probably most people are going to remember the referee side of it because that's, uh, that's where the, the reputation, I guess, was made. Um, a lot of people don't even know that much about the, the behind-the-scenes stuff. You know, uh, Some are starting to see it now because of the SWE thing, but uh, I, I think that's... I think the the referee thing would probably be the standout part, uh, and that's fine because it was something I'm very proud of. Uh, the creative side of it is something I enjoy probably as much as anything I've ever done. Uh, uh, but uh, I think I think the relationships, the 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 way that I've been able to, uh, I guess, navigate the 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 different personalities and the relationships in this business that sometimes can get really difficult for, for a lot of people. I think I've been very fortunate in that. And I think that's the most, that's the thing I'm most proud of because, you know, even though I, I can, I can go back and think of a couple of, couple of uh, instances where things weren't great, but for the most part, uh, I got, had a pretty good relationship with just about everybody I worked with. And I think that's the thing I'm most proud of. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's kind of the key in the business, right? I mean, you got to make sure you get those relationships with uh, not only everyone, but the, the right everyone, like the right people. Well, then that's true, too. Uh, you know, I, I've, uh, I've actually sacrificed some opportunities to try to do my own thing a few times, and I probably was foolish <laughs> when I mm, did those. Yep. But, but, uh, but, you know, that, that's okay. I, I'm, I'm happy with where I am and what I've done and what I've accomplished and, and very proud of what, what I've, I've, I've done. You know, my, whatever legacy I have, I'm very proud of it. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it's uh, uh, the last few years I've, I've been given some honors and, and things and, and, and some recognition that I, you know, that, that doesn't always come toward to a referee, and I'm, I'm very happy with that. I'm, I'm, it means a lot to me that people recognize those things. Um, but, but again, you know, when it all boils down, I, I, I tell guys when I'm train, in training and all, when, when it's all said and done, it doesn't really matter how many belts you've won. It doesn't really matter how, many, how much money you've made. Uh, what, what you really come away from this business with are the re- relationships and the memories and the experiences. And uh, you try to make the best of those, and that that's something that I've been very fortunate with. I've had some incredible experiences and, and working all over the world, and, and I've, I've uh, had some wonderful friends that I've made that, that, uh, that are just lifelong. You know, sometimes I don't see them for years, and you talk to them or see them, and, and, and it all comes back just the way it used to be, and, and uh, that means a lot to me. Great stuff. Now, please let everybody know where they could see SWE Fury and like how to get them online, social media, websites, all those things. Yeah, well, we're, we're on uh, several streaming uh, outlets, uh, Fight TV for one, uh, which is you know pretty much universal, I think, and, and Action TV and, and, and on 
networks, and I, I can't even tell you where all the broadcast things are. We've we've been adding some here lately, uh, uh, especially in this part of the country. But we're, they're all over. Uh, but uh, uh, you, you know, if if, uh, if you if you if you go to swe dot com, you can find the whole list there, and, and they can they can uh, lead you to wherever. You know, some uh, some of them are some great time slots. Some of them aren't great. You know, but we got these. DVRs now, so it doesn't really matter about that so much. Um, uh, but we're we're uh, we're spreading out, still continuing to grow, and and uh, we're we're really uh, we're really looking forward to what we can do once this this COVID thing gets out of the way, and and, and we can really go full blast with things. And and uh, uh, I'm I'm so proud of what we've done to this point under those conditions. But but man, I'm telling you, this, this is this is. You know, I, I, I tell people that I've, I've got, I've got a, uh, I had, I had one book published, and I've got another one pretty much written, and I, I, I have finished it because I didn't think I had a good ending. But I'm, I'm thinking maybe the the SWE experience might be a good place to to go for this one, and uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to see what we can do in the future. Awesome stuff. Now, as far as you, do you have social media and, and plugs and stuff like that for yourself? Well, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm a little bit of a, a, a tech idiot. Uh, I I do go I do visit Facebook mostly use it to promote what we're doing and and you know some personal stuff, but not very much. I don't I don't post a lot of anything that that's not involved with SWE or what I'm doing professionally. Uh, uh, I am on uh, Instagram and and Twitter, but I don't I don't really consider myself active in either one of them uh but but you can find me on, on swe.com or you can go to facebook and find me and if, if somebody wants wants uh to contact me in some way i'm not that hard to find and i try to answer everyone that that uh that uh, uh reaches out so uh you know the, you know if you got questions about anything really wrestling or, or swe or, or whatever you know I, i'm pretty easy to find um uh, and 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 of course, I've got the the book is still out there. On, you can get it on Amazon. It's called Third Man. Um, my life and times. And and uh, you know uh, that 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 was a that was a, a blessing to do too. So I'm I'm, I'm uh, proud of that and the and the reception it had. So you know, there, there's a, there's a lot of a lot of ways to get a hold of me. So you know, you know feel free. And don't don't forget uh, the 27th of this month. We're in Carthage, Texas, for the East Texas Wrestle Fest. Uh, SWE is bringing in a bunch of people, and uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a heck of a night. Awesome stuff, Mr. Beard. Thank you for all the time tonight. Really appreciate it. Great stuff, and looking forward to uh, the latest from SWE Fury. Thank you, John. Appreciate being with me. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash Empire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother.